Welcome to Water Matters, a podcast from Euro, where we answer your big water questions. Where does it come from? Where does it go to? And what happens to it in between? I'm your host, Caroline Green, and today I'm with my colleague, Denis Bonvilla, and we are going to talk about water and the European Green Deal. Denis is the European Affairs Manager here in Brussels with Suez, where he guides the group's EU strategy on water, the circular economy and air. He also has experience in waste management, environmental services, food processing, air conditioning and heating equipment. For Euro, Denis is the General Assembly Representative for France and co-chairs our Committee on Economics and Legal Affairs. When he's not drinking great tap water, Denis indulges in his love of great coffee and great wine. Good morning, Denis. How are you? I'm fine. Hello, Caroline. I'm very glad to be with you this morning and uh, I'm very happy to be to be talking about uh, water policies and, and why it matters. Good. It's great to have you here. So, Denis, today we're going to look at the EU's Green Deal and what it means for our water and our future. Now, as a reminder to listeners, the European Green Deal was presented by the Commission in December 2019, and it sets out how the EU plans to become the first climate-neutral continent by 2050, boosting the economy, improving people's health and quality of life, caring for nature and leaving no one behind. It's made up of many parts, covering a wide range of strategies targeting different environmental areas from the Zero Pollution Action Plan to adaptation to climate change, to the Farm to Fork strategy, and most recently, the Fit for 55 package. Billy, this all sounds very noble. Yes, indeed. But first, I'd like to say that the Green Deal is unique. For Indeed, for the first time in recent EU history, sustainability and climate change are at the heart of the EU political agenda. To say it even more concretely, the Green Deal is the EU's growth strategy for the next 20 years. It is the alpha and omega of all EU action and policies. Having said that, of course, what is the place of water in this Green Deal? Water comes up a lot reflecting its critical and vital role to society and economy. Water is mentioned when it comes to sustainable farming, mobility, resource efficiency, energy production, protecting biodiversity, circular economy, climate change, and obviously the ambition of the European Commission to go for zero pollution to air, water, and soils. Um, water matters everywhere and across all policies. It, it touches on every aspect of our life. So it makes sense that it's a key part of achieving the Green Deal and the EU's ambitions. So, so what do all of these strategies mean for the water sector? First, uh, the very positive thing about water being central in all these strategies is that the European Commission understands and recognizes that water is everywhere and overarching and cannot be addressed in a silo. For example, if you take climate change, there is a need to take action to adapt to it. But we can also mitigate its effects. For example, by producing biogas out of sewage sludge for mobility and our wastewater treatment plant needs. By the way, did you know that biogas emits less emissions and atmospheric pollutants so it's a good solution for both our planet and our health. 
In, indeed, and biogas, well, there's a limitless supply of the raw materials for biogas, so it's an excellent source of renewable energy. Um, and Denis, we saw that climate change was very evident this summer. Yes, it was, and it's been the case, unfortunately, for now several summers. But as I just said, solution exists. This is the good news. There's no fatality. Climate change remains a serious issue for the water sector, and we must minimize our impact while keeping costs low. That's our main challenge, I would say. So why is there a climate adaptation strategy from the EU? Indeed, there is a strategy, and it highlights the protection of water resources as a priority for climate adaptation. The quantity and quality of our water bodies is critical in the long term for our society and our economy. Indeed, it is essential to maintain Europe's attractiveness and competitiveness. In that sense, the strategy refers to the fact that climate change threatens water quality by increasing the risk of contamination. So, by preventing contamination of our water supplies, we keep costs down for consumers. Therefore, we want to have more use of the control at source principle. And if water is contaminated, that the polluter pays and not the consumer to bring the water back to adequate standards. Great. And climate change is something that we're going to look at a little bit in more detail later on in this season of, of Water Matters. Um, and it's, it's true, like we support the polluter pays principle um, and not the consumer pays principle. So um, having this element um, reflected in our strategies is very important. And um, Denis, there's also something in the Green Deal about reducing the amount of water that we use isn't that right? And what about setting a right price for water? Yes, the Commission will propose to reduce water use while looking at soils and safe water reuse. Reuse of treated wastewater for agricultural irrigation, for example, is a unique opportunity to reduce pressure on water bodies, agriculture being one of the main water consumers in Europe. A European regulation has been recently adopted to boost this practice. And we know that the Commission is also looking into extending reuse to other usage, such as aquifer recharge or industrial water process. Price comes into it too. And this is something we are working on a lot at Europe. What is a fair price for water? As you know, water is recognized as a human right, but we also need to have a value put on it. A price that is socially, politically and economically acceptable for all. It's about setting a price that correctly reflects the value of water. The Commission aims to tackle this through water-saving technologies and practices which are indeed part of the solution. Um, so, Denis, you just mentioned water-saving technologies, and we will all have to invest an awful lot more in innovation under the various strategies. And a large part of this will be in energy use between how our water treatment plants use energy to bring us the services that we need, and also how to capture the energy potential that is uh, moving water and, of course, biomatter and sludge. Energy is a key part of the Green Deal. 
Yes, and basically water services are a good example of what the European Commission calls the twin transition. Uh, in other terms, it's the convergence of the environmental and digital transition. Water saving technologies and solutions exist and they can bring fast results. But at the same time, they are increasing our energy bill. So we need to be innovative and fully exploit the energy potential of wastewater and sewage sludge to produce renewable energy, enabling us to cover partly or totally our energy needs. And doing this will play a huge role in, in reducing our impact on the, on the climate, isn't that right? Yes, yes. Indeed, we also need to, to, to play uh, our part and to reduce our own energy use and bring our carbon footprint down. And the sector has been investing in this already for years. The, the sector has been investing a lot of money already. But we need the legislation to keep doing this. In that sense, the recently published Fit for 55 package doesn't single out water specifically but the water sector will be affected by the revision of several legislative texts. I'd like to stress, for example, the positive role that the water sector can play in producing renewables for its own needs, but also for mobility and households with biogas. An awful lot of what we are depending on in the, in the Green Deal package and all of its um, strategies circles back to water and its um, component parts like all the nutrients and the, the sludge that we get from our wastewater being renewable and all of this is, is it hinges on our water being of good enough quality so that the, the water itself and the component parts can be reused. A very important part of this is control of source and um, with prevention like preventing our water from getting polluted in the first place being better than cure. Yes, you're right. And the best way to support the water sector is to ensure that neither drinking water resources nor wastewater contain hazardous substances, as they can only be removed through energy and resource-intensive technology. So implementing the precautionary and control at source principles to avoid these additional treatments will help the EU to attain its targets. And what about the Zero Pollution Action Plan? Water is one of the three key parts to this, together with soil and air. Yes, you're right. And as Euro, we largely support this action plan. And we are pleased to see that water is central to this initiative. Again, under the Zero Pollution Action Plan, the control at source and polluter-based principle, as well as the precautionary principle, are all key to protecting the environment. Simply put, removing pollution after it happens is too late and too costly. If the EU truly wishes to eradicate pollution, it must prevent it in the first place as much as possible. In that sense, the upcoming review of the Urban Wastewater Treatment Directive and Sewage Lodge Directive provide EU lawmakers with an excellent opportunity to reduce dependence on end-of-pipe treatments. That's fair enough. And we know that industry has an important role to play in reducing potential pollution and the potential pollution load of water and really making a, 
a really significant contribution to a healthy environment. Indeed, and as Euro, we are looking forward to working with them to achieve the ambitious aims of this, of this Zero Pollution Action Plan. The impact of industrial effluents on water bodies and more globally on the environment is significant. For that reason, the European Commission will soon revise the Industrial Emission Directive to address more effectively this impact. As I said already, solutions already exist to reduce the water footprint of industries and services, reuse their processed water, and treat their effluents more effectively. Again, this is also a matter of long-term competitiveness. If businesses understand there is an economic benefit, the deployment of solutions can be very fast. Mm -hmm. And just to finish, sorry Caroline, I'd like to quote Franz Timmermans, who keeps repeating, the longer we wait, the bigger the cost. Yeah, and Timmermans is very right on that, uh, on that side of it. So, Denis, finally, uh, what are the, the next steps? Well, the next steps are, are, very, are very clear and we are working closely with the EU institution to ensure that water is and remains at the heart of these strategies and that our water is protected for us all. This is a shared responsibility. This is extremely important. All of us, policymakers, politicians, civil society, businesses, citizens, we need to raise awareness around water stakes and challenges. Great, Denis. Thank you very, very much. Water does indeed matter to all of us and we all have a part to play in keeping our water protected. And it's great to see that the EU institutions are, are taking water seriously by making it a key part of the Green Deal. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you very much, uh, Caroline. And remember this, which might sound obvious, but without water, there's no life on Earth. So let's preserve our common home. Eh? It's our shared responsibility for next generation. We owe this to them. It must be our legacy, I would say. Thank you, Denis. And thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Euro and ask us your water questions there. That's at E-U-R-E-A-U or visit our website at euro.org. And join us next time when we will be looking at taxonomy in water. Well, what exactly is taxonomy and why does it play such an important role in the future of our water investment? Until then, goodbye. <laughs>